Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, Single Track Podcast listeners. It's Mark here with a bit of an introduction to this week's episode. Now, it's customary on big brand press launches for the brand to bring along their cohorts of sponsored riders to parade to the journalists, or more accurately, to put us all in our place when we need to head out and ride with them on whatever new and expensive bikes we're riding that day. And so it was when Hannah recently went to a Canyon Global launch. But not to be intimidated by the presence of these great athletes, she managed to convince some of them to sit down with her in front of a microphone and talk about their lives and how they came to be riding. Hannah has crafted these interviews together into a special format that we call Desert Island Disc Breaks. Yes, it's that kind of format, but with a crowbarred-in mountain bike theme. In this episode, Hannah talks to one of the women top-flight athletes present at that Canyon launch. Samantha Soriano is a professional freerider supported by Canyon. If you want to familiarise yourself with her skills, we have a story featuring her free ride film called Grounding on our website. There'll be a link somewhere around this podcast, either in the notes or on the website. You should check it out if you've not seen it. Anyway, over to Hannah and Sam. Welcome to Desert Island Disc Breaks. I'm Hannah and I'm here with Sam Soriano. Hello. And uh, so, Sam, this is a shameless rip-off of a uh, British radio show. Mm. So you're probably not familiar with Desert Island Discs. But Desert Island Disc Breaks is... Uh, we're about to wash you up on a desert island. Okay. Where you will spend the rest of your days alone. Mm. Apart from the company... Of a single bike Ooh. and a helmet and a toolkit, yeah. some trail building tools, and um, yeah, that that's what we're going to do to you. Mm. So before you go, we find out a little bit about you, so we can all remember you fondly, and then you live out your days on the on the desert island. Oh, beautiful! 
<laughs> I think the first thing to know is that I'm the most indecisive person, so this is um, quite possibly the hardest thing you could have ever asked me to do. So thank you for that. Sorry. Well, some of the stuff is like, it's past, it's history, and it's fact. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. When did you learn to ride, and what was your first bike? Ooh. So I learned how to ride a bike when I was two. Um, I think it was my older brother's bike but it had tiger stripes and I vividly remember um, we used our label maker to um, label our bikes so I remember ripping off the Ross Soriano sticker and typing up Samantha Soriano while having my parents type me up the Samantha Soriano like pretty ugly label maker sticker. Was it one of those ones that like punches yes. into the black tape and leaves like stretches it to make it white text? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I slapped that on the bike and I was like, yeah, this is my bike now. With tiger stripes. Yeah. Excellent. I yeah. like it. Cool. And then did you ride bikes all the way through your childhood and then into adulthood as well? Pretty much. Like I raced BMX from when I was four to 14 and I think in those two years of between two and four. I think I was just riding for fun. Yeah. But then straight into racing. Pretty much, like, straight into BMX racing when I was four, and then uh, quit racing in, when I was 14, picked up cross-country mountain biking when I was 15. Really hated that. Um, then tried enduro, loved that, but I hated the pedal. Then tried downhill, and now I'm at free ride. So I'm just trying to get a taste of everything. Just doing everything, cool. Yeah. And so uh, you did cross country at 15. Was that through like high school mountain biking? Yes and no. Right. I guess like I had done a couple one-off um, cycling, like cross country races mm-hmm. here and there before I quit BMX. But like that was just through like a local race series. But I think I started racing it more frequently through high school series. Right, because in the US, like high school mountain biking is a a massive thing that just doesn't exist in the UK. Oh, it's huge. It's like a cult. Like (laughs) a cult. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like you have, I mean, for my school, the cool sports to do were either football, baseball, and the mountain bike team. Right. And that was like the cool thing you would do, which was kind of cool that mountain biking was up there with football and soccer. That seems pretty like, inconceivable uh, in the UK like that, that so they're not risk averse at school or anything like they're like yeah mountain biking that's fine that's not a dangerous thing that we're going to worry about you hurting yourself well I think the funny thing is actually like they're so strict about what you do like okay. it's cross-country racing but essentially it should be like gravel riding like okay. you get disqualified if you jump or yeah, like they literally go around and they're like two wheels on the ground, two wheels on the ground. Um, so it's extremely, extremely strict. Okay. Yeah. And that must be quite hard to get keep two wheels on the ground if you come from a BMX background. Oh no, it was really hard. It was really hard. Thank God I can't wheelie, or else okay. I would have been disqualified. <laughs> so you obviously were riding BMX. But do you have a memorable first, like, off-road ride? First ride that you would consider to be mountain biking? Yeah, we went on this, like, honestly, I don't even remember why we were, where we were. 
This is also a very, I shouldn't say graphic um, story, but uh, I was with my older brother and my dad and we were going on a mountain bike ride. I remember I had this silver Scott bike that I got from REI, which is like an outdoor store. Yeah. Oh, I love um, that shop. It's so hard not to buy stuff exactly, when you go it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that was my first mountain bike and I remember pedaling on the trail and I was like, oh my gosh. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> um, so I just remember laying my bike on the ground and wandering off and having to go to the bathroom and I got lost <gasps> trying to get back to my bike. Um, so that's my first mountain bike memory. But I remember having such a great time but also being petrified of the front brake. Okay. So, oh, yeah, because you wouldn't have one. Yeah, that. so I just was like squeezing my poor back brake to death. <laughs> yeah and so tell us a little bit more about that first mountain bike like what what would you say it was a scott yeah i don't know what scott it was it was just a scott from rei the hardtail yeah it was a hardtail i think it probably i think it had front suspension i honestly don't even know how right. much um i think since coming from a bmx bike i remember my dad vividly being like do not pedal backwards on your mountain bike or else your chain will fall off. Uh, and I just remember your chain falling off being the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> Even though now it's like so nonchalant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was like the biggest thing I remember. Oh, and it had a grip shift. I loved the grip uh, shift. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so what was the first bike that you bought with your own money? Maybe you had race winnings. I don't know. I hate to say this, but I've actually never bought my own. Yes, <laughs> life goals. <laughs> yeah, I'm extremely, extremely thankful for my dad being so financially supportive of every bike that I've had until I was reached a sponsorship level. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, he was as passionate about us racing whatever bike-related sport as we were so right. he almost wanted us to have the newest stuff so we were stoked i think he lived vicariously through us. oh so he wasn't buying you the newest stuff so that he could also buy himself the newest stuff then oh yeah pretty much <laughs> um which he really like wasn't a strong rider i think he just loved being able because he was like mountain biked in his past mm -hmm. so i think he wanted to share that with us and he was like he's such a bike nerd that he was like oh this new oval ring came out. I just put it on your bike. And I was like, what's an oval ring? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Oh, nice. Nice to have a dad to, to do that for you. Excellent. Yeah. So on a sad note then. Okay. What was the first bike you had stolen? Never. <gasps> yeah. It's just like a charmed life. <laughs> well... This I don't touch all the wood at this point. <laughs> no, this is well, I guess this is a horrible story. I left my expensive cross-country racing bike outside because I was playing in the front yard with like all my neighbors. I think we were playing like kick the can or something. And I turned around and my bike was gone. <gasps> and I was like, oh my gosh, my dad's gonna kill me. I don't know where my bike is. Like it's so expensive and I'm sobbing, going house to house, being like, have you seen my bike? Have you seen my bike? And I go downstairs and I'm like sobbing so much. And I tell my dad, I was like, 
Dad, I think I my bike got stolen. And he kind of reacts weirdly. Like I was expecting him to get really upset with me. And he's like, you should have learned your lesson. And he opens the door and my bike is in one of the rooms in our house because he took it and pretended like somebody stole my bike to teach me a lesson. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I've been uh, horrifically Anal about I'm liking your life now. Like he bought you all the toys, but that was that was brutal. That was super brutal. <laughs> but I did learn my lesson. Cool. Uh, well, okay. So this island that you're going to go to, um, you get to to play God. You get to choose your island and design your own mm-hmm. island. So what sort of like rock and soil and vegetation and climate are you gonna go for? Ooh. Oh, this is a really hard question. You're God. You can do whatever you like. I think right now, okay, well, I would have it split Uh where there's like a line drawn in the sand and one side is very desert-like, like like where I live. So Mm -hmm. very large, tall mesas, very loose soil, and it's red. Honestly, so you you basically want Virgin Utah, yeah, yeah, exactly. which you moved to deliberately, didn't you? So yes. right, yeah. So essentially, I would want Virgin Utah, um, but on the other side, I would want like steep, loamy, uh, very wooded area with a nice access to water. So then, if I need to go build a jump in the virgin side, I can walk over to the other side, get some water, and then walk back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Practical. Like yeah. It. Cool. Um, and you get to choose whether a trail team is going to go in and build everything that you want when you get there. But after that, all you can do is, like, stop any puddles and erosion. Or you can go and build your own, but you don't have to do it yourself. I think I would choose to build my own. Even though it would be really hard, I think I would appreciate the trail so much more and mm. I would be able to change things as time goes on. Yeah, you're going to be there a long while. I mean, yeah. You're pretty young, so <laughs> sorry, you've got a long time to spend on this island. <laughs> yeah, so I think having the capability to change throughout my ages and years, kind of mm. as I change and progress as a person. I think having that capability would be nice. Because obviously you've been through like all the disciplines of mountain biking yeah. already. Yeah. Um, so, so like, what do you do next? I think gravel. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And then road, maybe. Yeah. I was really thinking about joining a road team. This is a joke, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe one year I'll just like plow all the jumps on the desert side and build a gravel track. Mm-hmm. So what's your kind of favorite thing at the moment that you're doing? Like what, are you, what sort of zone are you in? I think right now I'm in my free ride content creation zone. This mm-hmm. is where I think this is like the happiest part of writing that I've been in. And it makes me really, really stoked to say that. Cool. Yeah. And so what is it about that process and that kind of writing that like makes you tick? I think for me, I feel like I 
kind of want to be a storyteller, but also kind of have a platform to be able to inspire younger women, but not only younger women, like mm-hmm. older women, and honestly, just about all bike riders, no, right. no matter what. Um, and I think it's best done through free ride because I hate to sound cliche, but it is literally free riding. Right. Like there are no boundaries. There are no explicit definitions of what a free rider necessarily looks like. Um, so I think free ride has given me the best platform to be the best storyteller, inspiration teacher that right. racing could never give me. Right. So what what does the the clock bring to riding that you think is maybe brings those rules? I don't know. I feel like it, you like racing just you're so self-focused. And I think for me that um kind of made me hate where I was at with my riding because I was constantly fighting myself. Um and I recently read a book called, oh, I think it's Atomic Habits. And it talks about how it's really, really important to set goals that are bigger than yourself. And I was like, I have never set a goal that was bigger than myself ever in my entire life. Okay. And to be, I was like, to be quite honest, I've never thought of anybody else other than myself because I've been so focused on becoming a better racer for me. Right. Um, so then I started doing free ride and I was like, wow, like I can implement such a, so many bigger than self goals in this aspect. So I think the racing kind of is very ego oriented. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And so those goals you're setting yourself, are, are they, are you following them in like the mentality of a racer? Like I'm going to achieve this goal or are they more like spread the stoke kind of thing I'm honestly mostly spread the stoke like I think that I'm a complete 180 version of myself at I guess 18 from who I was at 18 when I I guess well I guess I stopped racing when I was 19 but um from 19 to 22 I'm like complete 180 of myself which is kind of weird I never thought I'd be in this position of like oh I don't feel the need to eat breathe sweet uh sleep uh competition yeah cool oh that's that's um it's nice that you can like leave the racing behind but still love bikes because i think sometimes people like kind of get burnt out and then they just can't touch a bike like they lose the level together yeah yeah cool okay so maybe your dad just bought you all the bikes you ever wanted but (laughs) is there a bike that you wish you'd had but haven't Mm. I have to say I think I have my dream well I got my dream bike when I signed with Canyon and my dream bike was a Canyon Sender Ah. and I wanted it so bad when I was racing Um, but I think that was my dream bike okay and you got it yeah nice is there a bike that you owned but you really wish you hadn't because it was such a disappointment Ooh, that's a really good question. Or a total dog, like a mechanical failure after failure. (laughs) Mm. To be quite honest, I didn't, like, I when I was younger, I didn't really understand the mechanics of a bike. And, like, I I think my first, 
Um, my first commensal, which was a commensal sem, no commensal. Oh my gosh, supreme. supreme. Yeah, I hated this particular model. Like it felt so bad. Right. Um, honestly, I don't know why it felt so bad, but I just really just couldn't gel with it. Mm-mm. Wow. And does that like ruin your headspace as you go to the start line and that kind of thing? I think I can. I think I didn't realize in the moment how much I didn't like the bike. I just was super frustrated because I wasn't getting results. Um, and then I went to like another version of the Supreme, like a year later and I was like I hated that bike I love this bike like right what yeah so I think it took me a new bike to realize I really hated mm-hmm. my other bike geometry matters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. so uh, you said you didn't like necessarily understand the mechanics um, before but um, I, I'm, you're gonna have to do some of it yourself on this mm. island, I'm afraid. But you do get to have an annual visit from a mechanic that can do one task for you. Yeah, yeah the one you really don't want to be doing. Okay. So we're gonna fly them in for the day. They'll come and do something for you. What are you gonna pick? Oh, this is so hard. Um, I think rebuild my suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Sensible. Yeah. I think <laughs> there are just so many small parts. <laughs> I think that I could maybe do everything else. I might strip a couple bolts, but there's no way I would know how to um, rebuild suspension. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, another question we have for you is, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. Mm. So what skill might you learn? Like, it doesn't have to be bike-related, but, yeah, what would you kind of try and learn? Ooh. And it doesn't have to be bike-related? It doesn't have to be bike-related. Can no. it be, like, anything related? Anything related. I think I would learn a new instrument. Oh, well, there's no one here there to hear you practice, That's so fine. you can be as bad as you like. You can do yeah. the bagpipes if you like. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> I'm not sure what instrument I would want to learn. Oh, uh, maybe the cello. Okay. Yeah, I think I would try to learn an instrument while I was there. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, the world will be grateful that we can't hear you learn. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, to be quite honest. But you can play to the mechanic as they say was your suspension. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, no one's heard me in like four years. Can I just play you a little tune? <laughs> um, so 
are getting down to the really difficult ones now. Ooh, you, on, you only get to take one bike to mm. the island for riding forevermore. So, what are you going to choose? Ooh. Mm. I think I would probably take my carbon torque Ooh. with a dual crown setup. Okay, so you've said before that the sender is your dream bike. Yeah. So what does the torque have over that for the like forevermore bike? Um, it is the most playful bike I have ever had in my entire life. I feel like I gel with the bike more than I've gelled with an any um, any other bike ever mm-hmm. before. Um, it's super light, which is really meaningful to me because I'm five two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a lot for me to like move a bike around and mm-hmm. it just moves so easily. So, and it's like super supportive off of big drops, even though it is a trail bike. Um, like I'm not stressed about blowing through travel. Mm-hmm. I have to confess, I tested the talk last year and I was still slightly regretting not buying it after the test. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, what you're saying echoes of my experience with it, although I'm sure you read a lie, ride it a lot harder than I did. <laughs> so. And then you've got to have some rest time, so what book would you take with you to read? We're going to give you all of Single Track. We'll send you a Single Track subscription, so you'll get a magazine every Thank couple you. of months. I really appreciate we'll that. We'll have the back issues, so you will have some reading material, but you get to take another book of your choice. Could it be like a series, a book series? Or is that pushing it? Go on. If they, if they sell it as a book set, go on. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I really love this series called The Red Queen. Really great book. Series. Uh huh. Um. But if I had to pick a particular book, hmm. Well, I've not heard of The Red Queen. So go on, tell me what The Red Queen's about. What uh, kind of book is it? It's like a dystopian kind of uh series very similar to like divergent hunger games okay kind of in that like young adult era in like what 2012 mm-hmm. that everyone was freaking out over dystopian novels <laughs> i definitely was one of those kids that was like read everything dystopian um but it's just about this girl who there's like two different blood types people with silver blood who have powers and then people with red blood who are essentially peasants right and then, bam, this girl ends up having red blood, but she has a power. So she's like a mutant. Anyways, she becomes part of the royal family because people are trying to tell her or trying to keep her being under wraps. And then stuff goes crazy from there. So okay. I, I, I like the sound of that. Like, yeah, that sounds like the sort of thing I'd like to read. No, it's a really, like, it's such a good book. Okay. Yeah. But if we decide to rule against the whole series, is there a single book that you take? Mm. Or are you just going to dig your heels in and say, I need the series? Oh. Um, okay, I think I would bring Sundays with Maury. Or no, Tuesdays with Maury? Oh, I'm going to be bummed if I can't get I think it's Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, I haven't heard of that one either. It's like a self-help book kind of deal but like just with lots of really beautiful life lessons it's with this gentleman um who recently gets diagnosed with i think als okay and 
kind of talks about all the things he's experiencing pretty much as he dies. Um, and I read it in, I guess it was a school assignment to read it in uh, my senior year of high school. And I really, really loved the book. Oh, that sounds quite intense though. Yeah, mm. it was, but it's like so eloquently written that you just feel so inspired and enlightened after. I think I would want to, the more that I read it, the more I think I would be able to take pieces from it and integrate it better in my life. Because mm. you know when you read a self-help book, you're like, wow, there's so much information to take in and I forget it two weeks later. Mm. So, But there's not going to be a lot of other people on this island. I mean, it's going to be just you. Like, How, how do you feel about that? Is that like hell as other people or um i think i am i shouldn't say secretly an introvert but i love being around people for a limited amount of time like i know when exactly my social battery (laughs) runs out and i will need to be alone for like four hours so honestly i'm not really sure i'm definitely a people person like i love my friends but Mm -hmm. i also love my alone time so we can go either way okay cool uh you get to take one album with you like music album no spotify for you i know people find this really hard in this day and age yeah (laughs) so uh, and don't pick an earworm because that would be really annoying (laughs) Mm. what would you take and are you going to take something to chill out to or something that's going to like inspire you to throw yourself down your Virgin Cliffs. Um, I think currently right now I'm in a SZA era. Okay. Um, so she's an artist from the US. Um, and she recently just released an album. It's called SOS. I think I would that would be my album. And I am too old and English to have heard of it. So what I mean, what is it like? Is it rock, drum, bass, um, country? I think SZA is mostly like kind of R and B pop-ish. Honestly, I'm not exactly sure what genre she fits in. I mean, because she kind of like does, I think think it's like R&B pop. But you're not sure what genre she fits in, just like you when you're writing. Exactly. I kind of (laughs) go any direction. Cool. And then the final thing is you can take one luxury item with you. Now, you can't use this luxury item to communicate with the outside world or to try and escape. So no sailing boats. What would you like to take with you? What would you classify as a luxury item? Anything that's not a toolkit or a, a trail tool or a bike. Mm. I mean, it could be a lifetime supply of cheese, you know. Oh, that'd be but. amazing. <laughs> oh, this is hard because this kind of relates to my what I would learn, but I would bring a piano. A piano and a cello? Yeah. So do you play the piano already? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I would be bad at the cello, but good at the piano. You'd also be able to tune the cello if you had a piano. Exactly. That'd be quite useful. Exactly. So mm. I think that's what I would bring. Honestly, I can't think of any other luxury mm. item. So you still play piano? Yeah. How? When did you start? Oh, I don't know how old you are in fifth grade, but I started. So I think I've been been playing for at least seven or eight years now. Right. Um, yeah. And so do you like play classical? Yeah, so I'm classically trained. Um, I wish I was cool enough to be able to listen to a piece and be able to play it, but I can only read and play. Right. 
but I mostly like classical music because I think it tells a very unique story than trying to play like pop tunes Mm -hmm. on uh, the piano. So that's quite a structured approach to music. Mm. Do you have the same approach to writing? Yes. I'm very particular. And I recently learned this word. It's called an OODA loop. An OODA loop? Yes. You just taught me a new word. What is it? It's kind of like your mental way of how you assume your day is going to go. Or how you picture your day is going to go. So let's think about today. Um, We're at the press camp. And in my OODA loop, I am expecting the day to go good. I'm expecting to ride the e-bikes. I'm expecting to go have fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm expecting to go home at, I don't know, whenever we're done riding. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's in my OODA loop. But let's just say they're like, hey, Sam, you're not riding the torque today. You're riding the neuron. That would send me over the edge because that's not in my OODA loop. Right. So each time I ride... I have this sort of OODA loop planned in my head. And the minute it goes not right, I don't do well. Or That sounds like completely contradictory to free ride, which yeah, it's it really seems funny. to be like, super, appears to be super creative and spontaneous. It really, like, I think it's funny because free ride kind of gets this weird... Uh, label as it being like really loose really kind of like nonchalant uh really no structure behind it but like for me um and i've taken a lot of structure from my boyfriend who also is an athlete Mm -hmm. um and a free ride is like structure is necessary to have a successful free ride career of being calculated with what you're doing because injuries happen so easily out Mm -hmm. in inversion. Like you can go from being upright one minute to falling down a cliff the next if you're not on your game. Um, So for me, like free ride is very mentally and physically demanding. So I need to have that structure to prepare before I go and ride so I know I can ride to my best ability. Mm -hmm. So... So it's like super logical and like progression, progressive steps and that kind yeah. of there's no just like, eh, it'll probably go. Yeah, which I think I used to be like that and I unfortunately ended up getting pretty hurt like two years ago. I broke my back. It was just like a small transverse process fracture, but I wasn't being calculated and I wasn't being smart. And I right. think I learned my lesson very significantly from that. I guess accident um and ever since then I've just been very calculated and very I guess smart in planning of everything that revolves around free ride just to kind of avoid those instances Mm -hmm. hopefully again (laughs) yeah that's a really like interesting um contrast between how it maybe appears to people who like just see it on the tv yeah and how it actually is to execute it yeah, I think I've been, well, I guess my boyfriend and I have kind of been pegged as those lame free riders that don't really drink. We go to bed early. We love eating healthy food. Honestly, we live a lifestyle of like, I don't know, like a World Cup cross country racer. We just do something, I guess, a little bit 
gnarlier slash mm-hmm. more dangerous. Um, but yeah, I mean, free ride still has this expectation and reputation of being kind of crazy. Um, but for us, it's like a very calculated thing. Yeah. Well, I hope in the real world that the calculations continue to work out and you get that progression and spread the stoke. But for now, in our fantasy land, it is time to send you off to the island for the rest of your days. Mm, so. I'm excited. <laughs> you sound it. <laughs> yeah, it should be a good time. Enjoy the jumps. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And finally, as a bit of an experiment, we've recently been recording some of the articles that we've published in past issues of Single Track World magazine. So as a bit of a a test, and do tell us what you think about this, whether you think it's uh, something that we should do more often, here's Hannah reading the last word column from issue 147. This was the last word in issue 147 of Single Track magazine. Feel the love. Hannah goes head over heels in a good way. Was it an instant thunderclap of this is it? Or a slow burn realisation that you are happy and you couldn't imagine life without it? Did love hit you or creep up on you? The feeling of giggling like a teenager sneaking about in the woods. That slight edge of naughtiness and what if we're caught feeling the pumping of blood and brain chemistry as you try something for the first time. Try this, then that, then the next thing, one thing leads to another. Mountain biking is a lot easier to navigate than love. Eyeing up a new model is much less socially unacceptable and fraught with far fewer difficulties. It's a more one-sided affair, although showing your bike some TLC will definitely reap rewards. Total neglect will surely lead you to getting your just desserts. Something will snap. Probably the chain. Probably on a cold hill far from home. Maybe nothing catastrophic happens and you just grow out of each other. Or maybe you need another bike for some occasions, but keep the original for others. This is definitely frowned upon in the world of love. In both mountain biking and love, effort is probably required. Certainly rewarded. Keep poodling along and you can certainly have fun. But when you try a bit harder, the experience gets better. New skills, new lines, new routes. It keeps things alive. The tough winter ride makes you appreciate that summer evening view all the more. Days of injury or illness make you appreciate the tough winter ride. Take a moment to recall the good feelings. Put them foremost in your mind and remember how lucky you are. When it's going wrong, both are hard. You may be left sizing up a once-loved frame, wondering if what's there is strong enough to warrant repair, or if it's time to walk away. Uphill struggles, trails with never-ending obstacles. Sometimes you might lose sight of the joy that brought you together. Maybe you need to choose a new route, leave the rut you're in, and be reminded of how great things can be. It's not all bog slogs and cold fingers. But when it's good, you feel young and alive. Nothing can hold you back. Carefree, you roll along. The sun is warmer, the snow sparklier, the trees leafier. Every lump and bump is an opportunity for joy. Just play or purposely ride from A to B. It doesn't matter. Everything feels good. When everything clicks into place, there are few better feelings. 
rejuvenated, reinvigorated, you're ready for whatever life has to throw at you. Love gives you wings, and so does mountain biking. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.